The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save and save and win. Are you working? What kind of work do you do? This is the Punt and Pass Podcast. Touchdown, baby! Now, here are your hosts, two-time All-American punter Drew Butler. Mark Rick would like Drew Butler to hit it a mile in the air. And he did. What a kick. And the SEC's career leader in touchdown passes and completions, Aaron Murray. Touchdown! In stride as he crosses the goal line. Put it right on his hip. What a throw. Now, with the latest from around the SEC and the world of college football, it's the Punt and Pass Podcast. Get to the house, sideline! Pylon! Touchdown! And the dogs are on the board first. Victory is mine. Yeah, surprisingly, I've been lame. Welcome into the Punt and Pass podcast. I'm your host, Drew Butler, joined once again by my co-host, Aaron Murray. Aaron, it's great to have you back in the fold. College football news headlines have reached full-on craziness. It is August 11th. The season is supposed to start in less than a month, and here we are. Everything is up in the air. If you want to stay up to date, be sure to follow us on social media at Punt and Pass on Twitter and Instagram. I am at Drew Butler. Aaron is at Aaron Murray 11. And if you haven't already, which I'm sure you have, be sure to check out our new website, puntandpass.com. It is fantastic. It's got a blog. It's got a shop, which we call the locker room. It's got links to everywhere that we have the podcast distributed. And of course, YouTube videos, which I will have this up later on today. So if you're stuck at the office and you want to see two handsome guys talk about college football, fire up Punt and Pass YouTube channel or just go to puntandpass.com. Aaron, Look, on Friday, the SEC released its schedule. It was expected that the Big 12 was going to release their schedule on Monday. And then Saturday, the MAC cancels football. And on Sunday, it's being reported that the Big 10 is going to cancel football and that the Power 5 schools are going to follow suit and we will not have college football this fall. It it is full-on insanity. And I just want to ask you, as we start out this podcast, what the hell is going on. I have a really hard time believing that the SEC would have grueling meetings with decision makers, take weeks and weeks to figure out how they're going to work this schedule in 2020 for less than 48 hours later to be told you can't have football. Tell me what the hell is going on, my man. Yeah, I I just don't think that the decision had to be made just yet. And that's the one thing I love about kind of what the SEC is doing right now. And the ACC is like, we're learning. Sankey said we're learning something new every yes. single day about this virus. We're learning to get used to it, uh, to live with it, how to be safe with it, how to keep our players and coaches safe. We want to see what it looks like once we get kids, kids back on campus. Like, yes. It's a day-to-day thing. I just don't think on August 10th a decision had to be made now. I, I don't know what the rush was. I don't know if it was a, hey, we're scared to be the last one to cancel. We don't want to be that guy that that a-hole that was trying to hold out to the end um and like i said be the last one to to call it quits for the 2020 season so we're just going to call it quits now i just don't think timing wise uh, a decision had to be made right now i think he's to continue to go on with practices getting kids back on campus uh, and then reevaluate in a couple weeks as we get closer to september saying okay 
you know, we have three weeks for the first game or at least plan first game. How are things looking? How are the players doing? Are we, is there an uptick in, in the virus amongst the team um, and amongst the conference? And if not, let's see if we can if we make this thing happen. So I just think it was all rushed. And uh, I, like I said, I, I think the I know we're, we're a little bit biased towards the SEC, but I think Sankey and, and what he's doing right now is the appropriate path. And I continue to think that he's going to follow this uh, until the end of this month, beginning of September, before the SEC makes a decision about what they want to do. I, I could not agree more. And yes, of course, we are biased, but for a good reason. The SEC is the best conference in college football. But Greg Sankey is actually leading. He is sitting there saying what you just said, Aaron. If we have learned one thing throughout this entire pandemic from the beginning of March is that the key is to be patient. Assess all necessary information before you make a decision, and that is what the SEC has done. And keep in mind, the SEC was really the trailblazer in saying, we'll postpone the start of our season to the end of September, which is looking pretty brilliant at this point. But going back to Sunday afternoon when Pat Forty, who I am all over on social media, I call him Yahoo Sports' self-righteous college football thought leader, He's reporting that the Power Five conferences are going to follow the MAC, the Big Ten's going to start, the Pac-12 will follow, and then the other dominoes will fall. And by Sunday evening, you're on social media sitting there going, wow, college football is not going to happen. And then one voice came out and started a hashtag with the hashtag we want to play, and it was Clemson quarterback Trevor Lawrence, who I tip my cap to because Trevor Lawrence has really stood up to become the leader of the football players, the leader of the student-athletes giving them a voice, a voice of the people who are actually playing the game. And they said unequivocally, we want to play. Now, there were some caveats, right? They came up with this beautiful banner who I guess a offensive lineman from Oregon or Washington State who's a graphic design major created. Uh, They had this amazing Zoom phone call. Justin Fields was on it. Trevor Lawrence was on it. Chuba Hubbard was on it. Uh, Sene Powell was on it, who's going to be a first top five pick offensive lineman from Oregon, and they said this, with hashtags, we are united, and hashtag, we want to play. We all want to play football this season. We want to establish universal mandated health and safety procedures and protocols to protect college athletes against COVID-19 among all conferences throughout the NCAA. Yes, that is doable, I believe, and I think that is a great first demand in order to play in 2020. Two, give players the opportunity to opt out and respect their decision. I believe that's already been done on a pretty broad scale. I'm not sure if it's 100% Mm -hmm. certified throughout every school in the NCAA. Three, guarantee eligibility whether a player chooses to play the season or not. I believe also this has been painted with a pretty broad brush that if you opt out due to health concerns, your eligibility will not be affected. Four, use our voices to establish open communication and trust between players and officials, ultimately create a college football players association. That gets a little hairy if that is the demand to play in 2020. You and I are about to talk about that. And five, representative of the players of all the Power Five conferences, they all signed it. That was it. Look, health and safety is the number one issue, and it should be always in college football, Aaron, not just in 2020, not just amid a pandemic, but the big cog here is create a players association, which maybe is necessary. Is the players association the same thing as a union? There's a little bit of gray area there. It is tough to unionize. Obviously, you have to be an employer. You have to unionize on behalf of a labor union. That takes a while, and there's certainly tough ways to do it. How do you do it? Is it just football players? Is it just FBS? Is it divisions one through three? That is tough, but the college football players should have a voice. 
Hat tip to Trevor Lawrence for gathering this group and saying what needs to be said. The football players want to play football. That's pretty clear. Thoughts on Trevor Lawrence? I, I feel like this is something you might have done back in 2013. I, I think it's absolutely tremendous, Sam. I mean, obviously, he's probably one of the uh, most recognized players uh, among players, among everyone that kind of knows and, and follows along with college football. I mean, the kid's going to be most likely number one or number two draft pick. And he wants to play, man, This because he's looking at it as this is probably my last season. Yep. If things get pushed to the spring, there's a good chance he probably won't play. I mean, of we can both agree that if, if things get pushed till spring, and then I'm sure we'll discuss this later. I don't think that's a good idea. All the top players are playing. So he's like, man, this is my one last opportunity Absolutely. to win, win an Illinati, try to win a Heisman. I want to go. Like I said, he, he's recognizable name and, and face. So I, I tons of props to him for, for kind of stepping up, taking the lead right now. And I just love the movement from the rest of the players. And then the coaches as well, too. You know, I think that's another big thing, too. It's not just the players out there kind of pushing for the season. You're seeing player or coaches, excuse me, jump on back of them saying, hey, we're with our players. We want to play. These yeah. kids have worked too darn hard. Yes. They're doing a great job. I mean, go to Jim Harbaugh um, up there at Michigan. What they have done with the numbers of keeping everyone safe, uh, with keeping the numbers down when it comes to cases of COVID has been tremendous. And you could say that about a lot of schools among all the Power Five conferences. They're doing everything right. I mean, can they do that for five months now? Can they do that when – all of a sudden, there's a bunch of co-eds on campus, and you're telling these kids, hey, stay away from the ladies, <laughs> stay away from the parties, just focus on football. They're saying, hey, we can do that. We can focus. Yes. I don't know if that can last, like I said, for five months. But as of right now, I just feel like everyone's doing the right thing. Everyone is taking care of themselves. Everyone is respecting their teammates. Everyone's respecting their coaches. I think there's been a great plan in place. And I just, like I said, once again, I don't know why the decision was made on August 10th. When things are, as of right now, going pretty darn well when it comes to, I know the world's crazy, but with the college football players, things aren't that crazy with keeping these guys, like I said, safe at the moment. Yeah, I feel like it's being lost or not being reported consistently enough that these guys are on campus right now. They've been on campus for 10 weeks. They've been with their coaches. They've been with their trainers. They're getting ready for the season. Like, why isn't that being reported widely enough? It seems like if you're just average Joe college football fan and you read the headlines that were just going nuts over the weekend, you would think college football players are at home all over the nation and they're just going to band them all together, throw them in a room and say, go make this thing happen. There is a reason that they are figuring out a way forward. I think one of the bigger criticisms of the decision making that's happening on a conference level, Aaron, is that people want to know what's being said behind closed doors. What are the medical advisors? What are the task forces telling the conference leaders, the university presidents? Why on earth would the conferences announce schedules, right? Why on earth would the conferences move puzzle pieces around two years in the future to see how they can form a 10-game season in 2020? If their medical advisors and if their medical task forces were telling them, guys, I wouldn't do that, I wouldn't do that because it's not possible, right? And on Sunday, you're reading from Dan Wolken, from Pat Forty, from guys who simply, based off how they have been covering this on social media, make it seem like they do not want college football to happen. Their biggest concern for college football in 2020 was the unknown, keyword here, unknown long-term effects if you contract coronavirus. I think 
That is an absolutely laughable reason to cancel college football. The unknown effects. Are you kidding me? And Aaron, I got in the muddy waters on Twitter on Saturday because I said that's ridiculous, right? And I understand this is a virus, and I understand it's contagious. But what is known and what is a fact is that if you play football and you are in a contact position, there is well-known long-term effects on your brain and body from football, yet we're all okay with that, and we carry on. Are they different? Yes, but you're going to tell me a virus with unknown effects is a reason to cancel the season when we do know what type of long-term effects the game of football inherently presents? That's crazy to me. Your thoughts? Wait. It goes back to Trevor Lawrence, what we've seen from other players and coaches kind of speak up over these past couple of days is where do they feel safest? And I think every yes. single player would agree we feel safe in the football facility. We feel safe with our teammates. We feel safe with our coaches. We honestly don't feel safe going back home. We see our communities. We see the outbreaks going on there. The chances are probably two, five times greater going back home conservative the fall than, yeah, conservatively than being in, on campus and being with uh, their teammates. So that's, I think that's another big issue to arise. Like this is a, a safe haven. This is a way to escape. And if you're not going to have kids on campus too, or if there's going to be a curriculum where, 50% is going to be online, 50% is going to be in the classroom. We're going to have limited amount of students in the classroom. That makes it even safer to be on campus, too. Like the Pac-12, if you're not going to allow kids on campus, that's the best place to put the football players. They're away from everyone. They're just among themselves. It's pretty much a glorified bubble, yes. kind of what the NBA is doing out there on the West Coast. So uh, if, if, the, if, if your goal as a, as a conference president, as a conference AD – or a school's AD is to protect these kids to keep them safest. I know you're worried about, Hey, if, if there are some heart issues that come along with this COVID and, and maybe we're liable down the road, I think there's a, like I said, there's a greater chance that these kids getting COVID when they go back to their hometowns than being on campus right now, especially if you find a way just to kind of keep them amongst their, amongst their coaches and players. Um, and I think all players want that right now. I think if, if you, if you kind of pulled the players at the moment, and, I, and myself, if I went back 10 years ago to when I was in college and they said, hey, listen, if you want to have a season, this is what you need to do to make it happen. Will you abide by this? And, and you just have to look at the leaders of your team. Yes. The leaders, the quarterback like Trevor and everyone else saying, guys, we need to buckle down. If you want to play football, you got to sacrifice for three or four months. I mean, are there going to be kids that go rogue? Maybe you have a penalty. Say, hey, listen, if, you, if we find out that you're out, and about and doing stuff you're not supposed to be doing, you're not playing that way. Yes. You have to quarantine yourself. We're not going to take a chance. You hold the kids accountable. They want to be treated like men, then hold them accountable and make a plan. Uh, and if not, they have to sit out. There's, I just think there's ways to make it happen. Um, and I think, like I said, they're doing a great job making it happen right now. They are. And, you know, I said this on 11 Alive in Atlanta yesterday because they asked me that exact question. Like, is it possible to kind of do the involuntary bubble? And I said, I think you're losing sight of the fact that football players sacrifice so much already in season. It's not really that much of a difference. I mean, sure, you like to go out after a game to celebrate a win or to drown away a loss. And sure, maybe one night a week on a bye week or one night during the season on a bye week, you're able to get together with the boys and head out if you're of legal age or whatever, but it's really not that big of a difference from a sacrifice standpoint of 
if you want to play football, here are the necessary precautions we need to take. So I think that is a ridiculous answer or a ridiculous argument to make it seem like college football is not a possibility. But Aaron, you brought up a great point. These university presidents, these decision makers are only thinking about liability on their end and the bottom line. And here's what really happened. Yes, the unknown long-term effects of COVID are certainly on their minds. Are they liable if something tragic were to happen? Who knows at this point? I'm sure there would be some. If you're a good enough lawyer, you can dig into the books. But the other thing is this, okay? From June, when it, when it was really up in the air, will college football happen? It seemed like the issue was there's too much money to lose for college football not to happen. And then the players stood up and said, wait a minute. If your case is that there's too much money to lose, maybe we should get some of that money if we're playing in a pandemic. Then the university presidents, with the ultimate cop-out move, kind of banded together and said, nope, that can't happen, so we should not have a college football season. That's how I kind of saw it from the outside, right? Because if they were and if they are to find some sort of agreement, whether it be through creating an unofficial players association with plans to make it more official down the road, there is a big tilt in the future of college athletics and amateurism coming to a head right now with college football being played in 2020. Look, they're going to play. They're going to play somehow, some way, because the Big Ten just yesterday tried to bully the other Power Five conferences and say, let's cancel. The university presidents voted to cancel the season, and then later on in the afternoon, schools like Ohio State, schools like Michigan, schools like Nebraska said, We'll find a way to play. We don't have to play in the Big Ten. Our players want to play. Our coaches want to coach. We want to play. And the Big Ten backtracked and goes, wait a minute. We're just talking about possibly postponing the season. Aaron, it is full-on crazy. What are your thoughts, what are your thoughts on uh, – we talk about postponing the season uh, and, and pushing it back to the spring. I, I just don't see that happening. Like the Mountain West came out last week and said, oh, we're going to push it back to the spring. You can't tell me – as a player, I mean, maybe a player safety. could do this. Yeah, a punter could do it because you, you're it. not getting hit. <laughs> but the every every other player on that field, uh, besides the specialists, you can't. They can't play twenty That's plus bullshit. games of in seven months. Of course, you're going to tell me a kid's going to play twelve games, possibly 13, 14 games. Take a month and a half, two months off, Complete and then go joke. play another 13, 14 games? Complete joke. Yeah, it's not happening. This It is not happening in the spring. For people to say, oh, let's just push off to the spring, you cannot play two seasons in one year. You want to keep players safe? That is not how you keep players safe. Those dudes will be torn to shreds in that fall season. Absolutely. Torn to dude. shreds. Absolutely. So it, it's if you just might as well say it right now. And that's why no one's come out with a plan saying, okay, we're going to push it to the spring and this is what it's going to look like because they know that's not realistic. It's they're not. just hoping the fans, they're just hoping the fans get off their back by saying, okay, it's fine. We'll push off to the spring and we'll get football. No, for those listening, there will not be football in the spring. Amen. It sounds cool, but it ain't happening. It's going to get pushed back to the following year. So, Amen. and plus, even if you push it back to the spring, all those top, all those top prospects, Justin Field, Trevor Lawrence, Gone. all these other guys, they, they ain't playing. They're Gone. not playing. Let's you, see if we can make this happen. And then if not, we're pushing it back to fall of 2021. Yeah, no, you're you're 100% right. And again, going back to if player health and safety is the main issue here, it is a complete sham. And it's bullshit if university presidents say we'll play two seasons in one year. Because if you look at the data of the coronavirus, the infection rates and the fatality rates of this age group, I promise you, 
that playing 30 college football games would be more detrimental to a player's health and safety than the possibility of contracting COVID. I'm not saying that scientifically, but I think, and I think you might agree, Aaron, playing 30 games with a month and a half break on your body could present probably more significant long-term effects than maybe contracting coronavirus. Again, I'm no doctor. That's just what I think from an insane thought of could you play two seasons in one year? And you pretty much answered a question that we got on Twitter, at Punt and Pass, at Drew Butler, at Aaron Marie 11 from Jason Simonovich. He says, for the conferences and divisions moving to a spring schedule, do you believe physically you could play a spring season and then have a team ready to compete that same fall? Seems like a quick turnaround. You just answered it, Aaron. No, no chance. chance. Absolutely no, you no chance. After, I know you're saying, oh, they're younger guys. They're not you know, NFL players that are a little bit older. It take, you know, takes a little bit longer. But dudes are going to get hurt. Then all of a sudden you, you get hurt in the spring, and then you lose your ability to rehab and get ready for, your, say, your senior season. Because it's such a close turnaround. You don't have that that rehab time, that time to heal your body, heal your mind. I mean, you brought it up earlier, Drew, the fact that this is a contact sport. There's a lot of head trauma that goes into it. I, I just don't think if, if like, like you said, if, if safety is the number one key for players, it's unrealistic in my that's mind. That's a non-starter. Yeah, that's play. a non-starter. I listen, I played through a lot of stuff in my time at Georgia. I mean, I was banged up every single week. There was no chance I could play two seasons no. uh, in one calendar year. It's, it's not happening. Brian Williamson at DogBrain on Twitter said, will the NCAA give current players an extra year of eligibility if the season is canceled? If they do, when that happens to the 85 scholarship limit, what will happen? If they hold it at 85, the only slots for 2021 high school seniors will come from attrition and the draft. That's such a complicated question. It seems like eligibility and scholarship honors will remain intact if you opt out. Keep in mind, though, Brian, I don't think, and I think Aaron's in the same boat, that the season will get canceled, and the number of players that have opted out at this point is very small in relation to the total number of student-athletes in the FBS, really, in all of college football. So I'm not quite sure what would happen there. They would probably have to create a couple more scholarships per year on a, on a some sort of a contingency basis to allow for whatever the hell is going to go on uh, if they do cancel the season, but I don't expect that to happen. And then Aaron, one more question from Twitter, and we appreciate everybody following us from Kyle Morrow. He says, is it possible to allow name, image, and likeness to be paid to the players as soon as this season? Simply put, no. The NCAA is already trying to push back on it right now in Congress. It's going to happen next year. It should happen, and it should have happened years ago. That's how student-athletes should get paid, off their name, image, and likeness. It's the only way to do it because the money would not flow through the universities. You don't have to worry about Title IX. You don't have to worry about non-revenue sports wanting their fair share. That should happen immediately, and that will be great. That will be great for college sports. It will be great for football players. That is fantastic. One more thing, and we'll probably be able to talk about this for a couple more minutes, Aaron, but I loved seeing the players say, we want to play. I loved seeing the coaches say, we want to coach these players. They're fighting for these players, saying, guys, you don't understand how hard they've been working, how much they've put into this over the years, over the course of their life, just to have the opportunity to play this season. And then the college football media is telling us somehow that this is some sick, twisted political statement that football players want to play and football coaches want to coach. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding? How has this gotten so twisted Aaron to where football players wanting to play and football coaches wanting to coach is being seen as a political statement I am losing my mind we need football 
we do need football. I think I think everyone's losing their mind because there is no football at the I mean, moment. What is going on? I, I it, there is a, a huge push. It does seem like it. Um, and I, I'm torn on this because you do read all these articles and, and you would say like half half of these reporters or even more of these reporters are making it seem like they don't even want football season to happen. Like everything is doom and gloom. It needs to be canceled. We just need to try to figure out a way to play in the spring. And then I'm like, well, why do these guys want to cancel? Like why, when they write these articles, do they make it seem so negative? Because if there's no football season, they don't have a job. It's They're so not true. doing anything. It's on so fall. true. So why don't you find a way to be a little bit more positive, find the good stories and kind of jump on, like you and I are now jump on the bandwagon of this movement of we want to play that's coming from the most important people in the situation, the players and the coaches. Let's be a little bit more positive and try to, instead of trying to put everything out there, uh, like I said, it's, it's all gloom and doom and the world's coming to the end and we can't play football and we can't find a way to keep these kids safe. You can find a way. It has yes. been shown over the past 10 weeks. Yes. You can find a way to keep these kids safe keep the number of COVID cases down, and still be able to play football. When you see these college football media types and you know who they are, all they do is report the worst-case scenario at every opportunity available to them. Reporting would be telling us what could happen, but also saying, here's how it's possible. Showing us what's wrong with the situation, but also saying, here's how you can move forward. A couple of people that I would tell you to look out after on social media who I have been following and I'm thankful for them because it's a great balance. Peter Burns from the SEC Network, fantastic, positive looking, realistic, giving his takes on how it could happen. Joel Klatt from Fox Sports, who I like to give a little bit of heat to, he posted an amazing 10-minute video on YouTube and he said this conversation is difficult and nuanced, but to sit here and say that college football can't happen is just wrong. It's wrong on behalf of the people who are peddling it. It's wrong to the players and coaches who work for this, and really it's wrong for everybody. I mean, I was called arrogant, selfish, insignificant on Twitter this weekend for saying I think the reasons that they're throwing at us for canceling college football is crazy. And our buddy Aaron, Roddy Nabolsi from UGA Sports, put out a blunt, but I thought perfectly stated tweet this past weekend when talking about should there or should there not be college football in 2020, he said, if there is college football, players will test positive. Some players will get sick and maybe tragically one may pass away. And if there is not football, players will test positive. Some may get sick and maybe tragically one may pass away. That is the reality of the situation. Football or no football does not determine whether the virus spreads among these student-athletes. And I will give you one name of who can fix all of this, Aaron. And this is zero hyperbole. Nick Saban. And Coach Saban came out yesterday and he said, you know what? I find it funny because a couple of months ago the conversation was, should we reopen college campuses and should we have in-person classes? Now that that is happening, the conversation has twisted to, well, should there be football? He says, I don't really see, I do not see the balance as to why now football is in the spotlight. And if Lord Nick Saban gets on the train and says, we need to have college football, probably a pretty damn good chance we're going to have college football. Yeah, I think there's going to, I think, they, I think I do think SEC, ACC is going to go forward. I, I do yeah, think they're going to try to wait till the end and make this happen. Big 12, I think, is up in the air a little bit for me at the moment. Big 10, I think, Big 10 and Pac-12, I think have kind of, uh, ran the season off 
and are going to move on and, and whatever, move on. We'll make it happen. Is there going to be a national championship? I don't, I don't know, but right now I'm perfectly fine with a 10 game season and yeah. SEC championship and say, Hey, listen, crazy year. We made football happen. Yep. And now we can get ready for hopefully a normal fall of 2021. So I, I, I like I said, it, it's going to be kooky weeks, maybe taken off here or there. And that's why they baked in the schedule weeks where you can move things around. That's why they baked in the schedule. The fact that the SEC championship, AC championship can be moved to different dates. The planning has been done. I think the planning has been great. They've been working on this for a long time. Why all of a sudden when you get to the kind of the starting blocks, you get nervous, you know, it's go time. Don't get nervous. Trust what you've worked on. Trust the process, trust the plan. And let's see if it can work. No doubt. Follow and listen to Joel Klatt, Barrett Salee, Danny Cannell. I'll even throw my buddy John Kincaid in there. These guys have been on top of it, and Peter Burns, as to you can do this. We can do this. Hashtag we want to play. Hashtag we want to coach. All the above. It can happen. I love what Colin Cowherd, former ESPN, now Fox Sports Radio host, tweeted last night. He said, observation after 10 minutes on Twitter. College football players want to play. Sports writers are convinced they know better. That is So true. And speaking of those same sports writers and how they have made this a political statement, you can look at their motives. You can talk about whatever you want. Yesterday afternoon, President Donald Trump quote tweeted Trevor Lawrence and said, these players have worked too hard to cancel the season. And Pat Forty at Yahoo Sports rips off his mask, quote tweets the president and says, you have got to be kidding me. Exactly what we all thought all along. Mr. 40. Of course, President Trump was going to weigh in on this. It's a winning issue for him. You know he wants to see college football. You know his base wants to see college football. If you thought he was going to stay out of it, then you're just an idiot. I'm very sorry. But that shows you exactly where these sports writers are coming from. And it's a shame, Aaron. It's a shame that me wanting college football, you wanting college football to be played, is somehow a sick and twisted political statement. We have reached peak 2020. I hope we can move forward. I'm with you. I'm All right, with bro. you. I think it's going to happen. Wow. My heart is pounding right now. I think we'll have college football. You know, it's funny because we wanted to tape an episode yesterday, and it's like, why do it now? Shit is changing every single day, every single hour. I'm sure we'll have another one later on this week. I'm sure more announcements will come. I love the SEC's patience. I love Coach Saban standing up. I love these coaches standing up for their players, and I love the players getting a voice and saying, we want to play. Aaron, anything on the way out, my man? No, man. Like I said, let's just stay the course. Trust what we've kind of been, or what the what these presidents and, and coaches and players have been doing these yeah. past 10 weeks. And and it just don't rush. That's all I'm going to keep saying over and over. Just don't feel like a decision has to be made on August 11th. I think there's still three weeks before you need to really start making a decision if we're going to play, if we're not going to play. See what happens when kids get on campus. And uh, like I said, I think these guys want to play. I think they're willing to sacrifice. I'm talking about the players to make sure they get a season in 2020. No question. Tell me something good. How's Madman? How's Maddox Murray doing? Maddox is just, uh, man, he's thriving, sleeping well. Love it. Uh, very alert. Perfect. He's a good little boy, so I can't complain too much. Eat, eat, crap and, uh, eat crap and sleep. That's about it. Rinse and repeat, bro. It is the yes. best job in the world. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of Punt and Pass. Be sure to follow us. On Twitter and Instagram, at Punt and Pass, I'm at Drew Butler. Aaron is at AaronMurray11. Visit PuntandPass.com, read the blog, shop the locker room, check out our YouTube channel and everywhere that you can listen to Punt and Pass.
Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you later. See you.